Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey everyone, it's Caroline from G-Things Just Bought It, reminding you that in between episodes, you can find me on Instagram at G-Things Just Bought It Pod. You can find products that don't make it onto the episodes and recommendations from listeners like you. So before you start this episode, give it a follow and say hi in the comments. And for a full list of every product we featured on G-Things, visit gthanksjustboughtit.com slash episodes. See you there. Hey everyone, welcome to another week of G Thanks Just Bought It, the podcast where we talk about what we just bought and what you might need to buy next. I'm your host, Caroline Moss, and this week we are joined by Amelia Diamond. She used to be the head of creative for Man Repeller. For over five years, she was the first full-time writer besides Leandra, and she left in 2018, which seems like it was not that long ago, but I guess now it's been fully two years to pursue fiction writing and freelance, which is something I know a little a little bit about. So I can't wait to talk about that with you. Um, Amelia, welcome. I'm very Thank happy you. to have you here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Amelia and I have been playing email, uh, <laughs> uh, email, email tag. And, and for like a few months, all of your emails ended up in my spam. <laughs> I know. I don't know what that's about, and it caused it ha- it caused both of us to spiral on spiral. what we earlier decided was like one of our greatest fears. Just is someone mad at me? Yeah, I'm just happy we're here. I'm happy we're here too, and I just have to say one of the worst things, like worse than me thinking you were mad at me, is I wrote one follow up email that I was really proud of because I thought it was sort of like witty and like clever and like not too, not pushy, but sort of like, hey, if you still want me, and then you didn't respond to that, and that was like, you know, when you text someone that you like and like you're you have like a whole committee that's helped you craft and it still doesn't work. <laughs> that's how I felt, but but it worked. We are you're the we're, it's the exception to the rule. We're here. It, really went, it worked. We we are he's just not that into you the sequel yeah. uh all my emails <laughs> yeah. went to spam yes I literally was like horrified like I think I emailed you this immediately but when I opened it and realized that she had been trying to contact me and had not ghosted me I was like so excited <laughs> I was like oh my god no it wasn't me but then I was like oh my god no it's my it's the fault of my technology so it is my fault but like yeah a long-winded way to say this has been a long time coming a long time coming. Well, here we are. Here we are. So, um, I also quit my job in in 2016 to pursue fiction writing, and it is not an easy thing to do. What What was? Uh, <laughs> congrats, uh, you've made it two years so far. Thank you. I wish I knew you when I did it because I base. <laughs> I think I spent the first the first year in just a full um, existential what have I done panic crisis. Um, it was definitely like an, it takes a village situation. I had a lot of really great people who were sort of like, here are the many phases that you're going to go through of quitting your job to be on your own. Um, and some of them were just like emotional. Like 
I've, I met someone who, who did it a year before me. I happened to meet her like the day that it happened. And she was like, you're gonna have just like a full blown panic attack tonight, tomorrow, this week, just I was gonna say every day. Yeah. Yeah. And she didn't even know me. And it was just like, I was like, thank you so much for telling me that. And like, <laughs> and then I, I had another friend, like a friend who gave me very practical, um, advice, just like about scheduling payments with clients and things, you know, things that I just would have never thought of. And so it was, it, it really took a village. It's been two years. I can't say I'm wholly comfortable with the freelance no. <laughs> life. And so I'm actually looking for, I'm actually sort of exploring the world of full-time opportunities that would still allow me to write. Um, yeah, but been there. so we're so, <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea what I'm doing. How do you, how did you do it? How do you do it? Um, there's a great question. I mean, it's, it's all the same. I, the, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, so we, we had decided to write Hey Ladies and we had decided we definitely wanted to make, Michelle and I decided we definitely wanted to make it a book and we, you know, it's a blur. Like 20, I quit, I quit my job. Well, actually, no, it was like a false start because I quit my job in March of 2016 and then immediately, and it was like, I'm writing this book. We had signed the book deal uh, not soon, not too far out, uh, not too, what's the word I'm looking for? It's so early. Not we, too, sh- sh- shortly thereafter. Shortly thereafter, <laughs> signed the contract <laughs> for the book deal. So we knew it was happening. And like, you know, books, book deals for, for a first time fiction writer who is not famous, like, it's like a fun, it's like a, a a reasonably great amount of money but like I always say it's like it's not it's literally not quit your job money I had just quit my job um and I knew it wouldn't wouldn't be quit your job money it's not like I was like oh I'm gonna quit my job and I'm gonna make like like a six-figure book deal um but you know I immediately took a full-time job like three months later because I was so panicked and someone kind of like at my at, at a very vulnerable moment in the, in the process of being like what have I done like I have to pay for my own health insurance now um Dan is also a freelancer so we like both it's not like I could like glom on to like hit a good right. corporate health insurance situation like we're both <laughs> we're both on the marketplace um and someone offered me a full-time job and I immediately took it and it ended up being like a huge mistake and actually that was like super clarifying for me because I was like I just I just left like I just left this like I didn't want to I didn't want this we'll talk offline I would say don't take a full-time job but that's just (laughs) me but yeah I mean and then I quit that job Um, I left that job about a year later so in October 2017 was when I fully started like really committing to writing full-time and right Hey Ladies came out in 2018 and like I don't know I just kind of thought well when we moved to LA I was like well we're gonna be working from home like so the whole the whole coronavirus like forcing you to be at home working was not something we were unprepared for I was unprepared for like the mental um toll it was gonna take because I I really had big plans for this the last six months was truly supposed to be like settle into California write another book but I I can't I have not been able to do it um yeah I'm finding the same. Yeah, it's really hard. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think you kind of have to find those jobs that you're not super like, you know, you have to find the money making jobs. You have to do some like brand copy and you have to do some like, you know, alias totally. freelancing. So, I mean, that's my advice is like anyone who thinks you can just quit your job and like, like write fun stories all day is like, mm. 
Nope. No. I also think there's a lot of value for me, at least in like working with a team. And and that's one of the things I, I miss about being in an office full time. I'm sure everyone does. It's just, tur- you know, I'm, and I miss this as a freelancer is just having people to turn to and be like, okay, wouldn't this be funny if like, yeah. um, and so I think like that, I, I, if this goes through or if, if the next, whatever it is goes through, I think it'll be good for me in that sense. And then it's a little bit of the, like, I think I'm someone who gets more done when I'm busy and I know, yeah, okay, I only have like an hour to write. Whereas like, if I have a whole day, I'm like, maybe I should color coordinate my eyebrows. That's like, exactly, <laughs> that's exactly it. That's exactly yeah. what ends up happening. And you're like, maybe yeah. I need to, in order to get these creative juices flowing, maybe what I need to do is deep clean my oven with a toothbrush. Yeah. I won't yep. feel comfortable until that oven is clean. I don't think I could write until my office yeah. has to be clean. Everything is like, I'm exactly the same way. And you're I right. Know. When you have less time to fuck around, right? <laughs> it you don't end up fucking around a lot. And I have rarely like I cannot get myself on it I I also give we have to cut ourselves some slack we're living through like a you know a insane sure crisis unprecedented times unprecedented times but um it still is very like every day I wake up with the intention to be like today's the day and I'm like no I need to tone my hair I need to go to, I, I need to go get groceries I need to go drive around to nowhere um I know but yeah one day I will sit down I'm so jealous of the people who are, and I thought this in March. I thought this like a week and a half in. I already started building my list of the people I was going to be jealous of because I was like, <laughs> you know, in March, everyone was like, wow, this is really scary. But also like I'll have all this time because like I yeah. can't. So I was like, I'm already mad at all the people who are going to come out of this and be like, I wrote a book. I wrote a TV show. I wrote six feature films. I'm going to be like, oh, I just like looked at Instagram for 14 yeah. years. Um, I just rocked back and forth a lot. And- <laughs> I just cried. <laughs> Just cried. I, 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 I've spent a lot of time with kids during the, during the quarantine, because at first I was in San Francisco and I got quarantined in with my friend and her two kids, a four-year-old and a now a one-year-old, but was like 10 months old at the time. Oh my God. I know. And then, and then I finally, like once I, that was in San Francisco, cause I was there for work for a business thing. And then when I got back, I moved in with my, um, now fiance yeah. and I, we don't, we don't know how to say that word. So it's I keep just, calling him like, boy, I just keep calling say him boyfriend. boyfriend. Yeah, I get it. Um, the man to whom I'm <laughs> betrothed. You know, <laughs> betrothed. Um, we, so I moved in with him and his sister and, and, um, his brother-in-law and then their kid who's, now too and so I I always had like kids around and I will say like they I keep my my line has been that they've like really kept spirits high Mm -hmm. because it's you know kids are so like present and like you you have no choice I think but I hate that word but like just to be like right there with them whether they're like having a total meltdown or if they're having like the most fun in the world with bubbles like it's very hard with kids to be like Oh, you can't, I mean, I think that's why parents go insane because you can't even think about what you're going to do. You can't even think about your shower strategy, let alone like, oh no, like what about tomorrow? Or what about this thing that I have to do? Like, I feel like with kids around, you're like, whoa, that's how did you just find (laughs) a sharp object? (laughs) Right. Like, how did you get that match? Um, yeah, yeah, you're so, you're, that is so correct. I think a lot of, um, 
my friends and I'm sure your friends too are like in the kind of beginning stages of parenthood like there's a lot of babies there's a lot of young toddlers and every and I'm you know you I would message them back in March and April and be like how are you doing and they're like I don't have time to like be you know Right. right. My They're kids just, like climbing to the top of the refrigerator and jumping off. Like I can't think about anything else. I know when they're like I, parents right now, like all parents deserve something. I don't even know. Like medals, because, naps. Yeah. Full body massages. <laughs> like, because like the, they're, I mean, what everyone does already, but you know, they're teaching and they're working and they're still trying to shower mm-hmm. and like, I don't know. I don't because because I am a freelancer with no kids and no pets, and I still can't shower. Can't shower. I know. That might be a personal problem, but I mean, but truly, like sometimes I have a hard time figuring out my shower plan. In the beginning, I was just showering at five p.m. every day. There was like a great tweet that was like, "At five p.m., I brush my teeth." for the morning and the night like it was really fun it was like this was early this was early days in March where like the first week felt like 17 years and now we're just like adjusted but it was like I don't know what real clothes are and like I think a kid would be not helpful because I really have so much respect for parents right now but I'm like I would love a distract like send your child to my house for like a week like I'll take them I'll camp Camp Caroline I'll do it like I like I need like a minute to I would love I would love some like I would love some real time uh problems that I could like immediately solve like you have a knife in your hand I'm gonna take that knife we've thwarted danger I'd love to like solve some problems right now change a diaper yes make a pb and j I can do all that I'll take them for a week I'll give them back but like it would be nice because you know (laughs) <laughs> the 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 amazing privilege of being childless is that all I've been able to do is watch television and like doom scroll through Twitter and that's not fun. Yeah. I think that I think I Anne Helen Peterson coined that term, but I say it all the time, which is like every day I'm like, I gotta get off this website. I really gotta get off this website. And then it's been like six hours and I've read every news story and the I know color is drained from my face. But yeah, I don't uh, yeah. <laughs> Have you been able to write during this time? before this whole thing started, I was sort of go like ghostwriting or co-writing a book. And so I had no choice but to be hitting deadlines, which was truly like that and the kids, I think was sort of like my mental saving grace, just having these like really strict like uh, rubrics that I could like, you know, like there was like no wiggle room. I even tried me and my partner, like um, we emailed our agent and we were just like, um, you know, like, things are crazy right now and we're kind of stressed. So like, can we get a deadline or can we get an extension? And she was like, Oh no, but you could do it. Like, good job. Go, go. And we were like, fuck. So I think that that actually, that was helpful in terms of like, uh, like not that I'm, I was supposed to be, by the way, simultaneously training for the New York city marathon, which I only got (sighs) into because for a charity, um, for Gallup NYC, great organization. Suggest everyone check it out. Therapeutic riding program. And um, I, so I was going to run for them and I'm not a runner. So, but before the, the marathon got canceled, I like, I, I was like following this training plan. Cause I was just terrified of, of messing it up for this charity. And I was writing for this book. Cause I was like, it was a job and I was terrified of not getting it in. So I, it kind of set me on this like really positive trajectory, honestly. Um, 
And then I will say in sort of like the middle of the summer, I just totally like lost my steam and lost my focus and my ability to write write on anything that wasn't due for someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm, I feel like with this, I feel like I'm starting to get it back. I like, I don't really know what that's about, but I have found that I've had more ideas than I've had in a while. It's more just a matter of like, then I just put them in a box and like, don't execute on them. But I don't know. I writing is, I have found, and I'm engaged to a painter. And like, we talk about this a lot that like, so like, so much of the process is the dicking around and it is not no one. I mean, few people's lives I think are set up to allow for the dicking around. Right. Like, like you can't like that, you know, if you're freelancing, then you're like, you are taking on jobs or, or you're like watching the clock tick of time you could have been working. I don't know. It's like, so I think it's sort of like finding some comfort in like, giving yourself time to stare at the screen or mm-hmm. the paper or whatever it is, but I don't, doesn't feel good. Well, that's, that is a really great point. And it's, I'm, a, I'm married to a writer, so we're both insane people, but um, <laughs> he's been doing it so much longer than I have. He has been freelance since before we even met. So like over seven years and wow. um, he has like a real schedule, but the thing that he always talks about and the thing that I've learned is that, so much of a full-time job is the performance of work. Like you get to your job and you sit down totally. and then you like hang out at the coffee machine and then you like go swing and talk to your boss and then you like compliment someone's outfit and then you check some email and then you go to a meeting that you don't really need to. Um, yeah. Then you don't really need to. It's like a meeting that you don't really need to be in. And then it's like a lunch that you don't really want to go to. And then like you've maybe done like 90 minutes of like truly focused actual work and then it's the end of the day and the end of the day signals you leave your office you get on the train you go home and then like with freelance it's like there is and Dan like had to essentially like talk me through this and train it's like you know you kind of want to get into the zone where it's like you sit down every day with your coffee at your computer and you're just like bleep bloop bloop right. blop, blop, I'm working bleep, 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 bleep. <laughs> like I'm working like I'm reading the New York Times I'm working but like what you can do is you can train yourself to be like I only work two hours a day but it's like a solid two hours uninterrupted like things are getting done emails are getting answered I'm working right. and then you and then you go and you take the rest of that time. If you, Some days you're working a lot more than that, obviously. But some, and then it's like, okay, it's Wednesday. I mean, I'm talking about a time where we were not stuck in our houses. Yeah. But it's like, I'm going to go see a movie. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to go like meet a friend who took the day off at a bar. I'm going to go get a manicure. And once you get into that rhythm, like the dicking around feels like the... Um, it 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 feels like the gift that you it's the trade-off i mean the trade-off of not having a full-time job is that like on a tuesday afternoon you can do whatever you want but also like when you're working you actually have to be working rather than just like sitting in your desk being like oh i get a paycheck for like being here like i know it's crazy i I, the sort of like i keep using this example but like for me in college like i was such i mean i just i just procrastinate and um, in college I would, you know, I was friends with like a few people that were, and lived with a few people that were all, we all had the same major and we took a lot of the same classes. And so we'd have a lot of same stuff to do at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like a bunch of us would have the same paper due or report or whatever. 
And then there would, you know, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. And then like, there'd be a party that night and then everyone would go to the party and I would be like, so guilt ridden that I'd be like, no, I have this paper due. I'm going to stay here and do it. And so I'd sit at my desk and then just be on Facebook and panic and stress and not work, but totally be stressing out. And yeah, like, but look like and, you're working. Like you have your coffee and you're like at your desk. Yeah. And you're like, you have like your stress, you're like stress sweats and like, yep. <laughs> not even like let myself pee. And then all my friends would go to the party, come back. And then all of us would write the paper in the morning or whatever. And probably I'll get the same grade, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. I could have, I'm always like, I could have gone to the party and had fun, or I could have just stayed home and been like, I'm going to have a me night and watch a movie because everyone's out. But instead I just, or I could have done my work, but I did none of those things. And I just sat and panicked. And that is sort of like my general existence. Yes. Same. Again, like I do think that's why having like a nine to five can be sort of helpful for me. A friend of mine, T wise, uh, he's a writer and he, Um, he and I were talking about this and one thing that he said that he does is he has started to keep a journal or like even just a list of the actual creative writing that he does over a week. And he's really honest with himself about it. So, okay. Like I only did half an hour today, 10 minutes on Tuesday, nothing Wednesday, Thursday had a burst and then Friday, Love that. What, whatever. And so he started keeping like a log and he was again, like super honest. And he started realizing that at the end of every week, he was actually hitting like the same, like he was averaging out the same, which I thought was so interesting. Uh-huh. And I think sort of to your point is that like, I think like you're, you're going to like, I, I mean, I don't know. I think you're sort of designed to like work how much you're going to work particularly with creative output and it's like so long as you're like averaging like a certain number of creative work at the end of the week if that's your goal you don't want to be if you don't want any creative work great god bless you but like (laughs) if you're just sort of say like I'm gonna work on my novel or my play in between my you know working hours it's like I think it's you it's easier if you pull back and look at the full picture than like Mm -hmm. how much you accomplished every day because I just don't know that every day is not realistic maybe it is it's very true uh, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to be right back. Okay, we're back. What I learned about myself when I went into freelancing full time was that like I wake up at 100 and I slowly decline during the day. Like some oh, people me too. really, that's why we're here yeah. so early. Like some people don't get their burst until like 6 p.m. at night. And I respect that. But like you can't be who you're not. So like if I'm writing, I wake up immediately and I will like write. And then probably by lunchtime, I'm tapped. I will not be able to do anymore. And I've just stopped forcing myself. Um, Well, and I think that's actually like a really good piece of advice. And that was hard for me to adjust to as a freelancer. It was like, it was like, I was so, um, the, the, using the sort of like, you know, quote unquote, nine to five boundaries helped, helped keep me sane. So I, but like, but I wish I had sort of earlier on, like gotten more realistic about like when I actually quote, do my best work, right? you know? And like, cause I mean, at, when I was at Vanderpuller, like the office life was like a little more flex cause we did work from, you know, like people did work from home. And like, if I was writing something or editing something, like I, it was like easier for me to go offline. And that I think like working wise is just a different scenario than most people in like certainly in corporate America. I was I've in also, corporate America for sure. But I've also freelanced for corporate America and it, it is different, you know, mm-hmm. but like, I think learning when you do your best work and then allowing yourself and forcing yourself to work then because another, because I would just be like, well, I always have to work out in the mornings. Otherwise 
it's never going to happen. But like, that's my best working hour. And I finally just had to be like, okay, like what's more important here? Yeah. You have to pick. You have to pick. Yeah. And it's, and I do think there is like a freelancing myth that like, you know, you go to yoga class at 12 and it's like, I mean, I don't know some people maybe who are better at it than I am, but like I went to one yoga class at 12 once (laughs) just because I felt sort of like, I felt like determined as a freelancer. Right. I was like, I'm going to do this. And I did it. And I was like, spent the whole time. I have to say it was a marvelous class because it was, it was like, it was a pretty, um, it was a uh, yoga participants of above a certain age. And it was very low and slow. It was very gentle. A lot of of neck, a lot of neck rolling. (laughs) Oh my God. I mean, it was, it was like, it was honestly a heavenly class and everyone knew one another and they were like chit-chatting well and they yeah their tea. that's who's going to yoga at noon is yeah. the low the, the I mean, low and it slow was, I mean it was lovely but like I, love I I was like I can't I can't I'm too like wired up to, yeah to like enjoy this do you know about a thousand a thousand words of I'm gonna say it wrong it's like a thousand words of summer or like this so no. Jamie Attenberg, who's an author, and she's a great author. Um, she has written a bunch of amazing books, and she's she's one of those people I envy because she's so like she's like pedal to the metal, like just get, like prolific. And- yeah, like and and like, but prolific. Anyone can anyone can be prolific, but she seems to have except her, for me. She, except <laughs> for me, no, not me. please. Us? No, never. Um, everyone else? Great. But that's always what I said. I'm like, body positivity for you? Yes, not for me. Um, but Jamie Attenberg has like a schedule. You know, she, a lot of writing is just like the commitment. So she started this thing with her newsletter a few years ago. And I did it one summer. And I was like, oh, this actually fucking works. And I think you would really like it, which is you commit for two weeks, 14 days to write a thousand words a day. It, you just put the word count in your Google Doc or your Scrivener or wherever you're writing. And it can, and it's, and she's like, it can be bad words. It can be, it can be connected to your project. It doesn't have to be. It can be a scene in your book that's like out of order. Like I have a big problem in writing where I'm like, everything I write, the first time it comes out of my hands has to be like the most amazing thing or else I'm like a piece of shit and I deserve to die. And I just, I, no one should ever read my stuff. And my agent is always so mad at me because I'm like, are you telling me I'm going to have to rewrite this book? She's like, what do you think editing is? And I'm like, no, 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 Kate, I don't think you get it. I'm going to write the perfect first draft. And she's like, get over yourself. Um, But yeah, it's a thousand words a day and you just, that's it. You write a thousand words and then you walk away and then you come back the next day and you write a thousand words. And I did that one summer. And it's very true. If you do it like anything else that you commit to, after two weeks, you have 14,000 words. And like some of them are you're going to delete. You know, some of them right, are right. going to be bad, but you're going to have something. Right. And right. 14,000 words usually at that point is when I can send them to my agent and be like, can you read this and tell me if it's anything? And that's right. only two weeks. But if I wouldn't, if I don't put myself on a schedule and it sounds like you're the same, 14,000 words will never come out of my ass. Like I will, that will take me decades. No. Like I'll be I, waiting until that oven is like singing clean before totally. I write anything. <laughs> but a thousand words is really doable. And when you have an idea and you said you've been really, you've been feeling really creative, like you've been feeling like you have yeah. good ideas. 
I'm writing that down. I think that that's a good place. See, and you know, what's funny is like, it's like that whole thing with little goals too. Like for me, I, when I, that's another thing. When I first started freelance writing, I was like, well, you know, I used to be able to bang out about 3000 words a day. And so I was like, I'll just do three to four. Let's call it four because I'll have more time 4k a day. And mm-hmm. that means that at the end of this week, I mean, and it's just like, the fuck are you thinking? Well, it's like, like people who are like, I'm going to write, I'm going to run 10 miles a day and right. every day. And then after two days, you're like, okay, <laughs> I'm out. Right. Again, like, especially when you factor in that, like, right. I was still working like freelancing to make money. Yeah. And so it's just like, I mean, it's, it's such a thing. I think for me too, like another help, this is part of like the, it, it takes a community thing though, is like, and this is again you're now stuck with me because I'm just going to, you're probably just going to get emails from me, but finding other friends and writers and, and in different, um, like I have a friend who's more on the TV side and just like having other people you can commiserate with and just be like, Oh, like this sucks. And Spencer, uh, he and I talk about this a lot. Like he's still sort of finding that in the art world. Uh And I think like, I think art world, art, art world painting is similarly like a pretty solitary act you know you can't delegate it and um and so I think like I'm kind of sort of constantly being like you have to find I don't know how but like you have to sort of find your people you can email or text and just be like like in capital letters like blah yeah and I'm, just sometimes it just feels good to have people be like, yeah, this fucking sucks. And I was just going to say, we could start like an accountability text chain, yes. you and I. I need that too. I, I need to know that someone out there is doing the same thing I am. And it's like, okay, we're going to check back in an hour. Like, I'll see yeah. you there. I, it, it's hard to, it's a, it's writing is so solitary. Like you do have to find that community. I know. And I, I don't know if you've ever done this, but because, because the fiction thing was very new to me, I was super resistant to this for the first year. Cause I was just like, I, I write, like I can do this on my own. I joined a, um, a fiction writing workshop in the fall. And I, it was, I did, uh, uh, what was it called? I almost want to say it was called Dumbo writers. Or I think I went into it very, like, I can't believe I am signing up for this. Like I almost was like, if someone finds out that I'm doing this, is that, like failure, you know, I was like, and then, then also there was a part of me that was like, should I be like, just getting going? Should I be like going full grad school? And like, if I really don't know how to do this, should I be learning like the tools? And I went into this situation where I was with all these people and um, like one woman was a lawyer and, and, but I think other than that, everyone was sort of like entrenched in some way in the writing world. And, and, and a lot of them had been in, um, had done this many times before. And so they were almost like pros. And I just was like, what the hell am I doing? And like, I didn't, you know, I went kind of looking for like a crew, but, but it did, it did sort of get me back into that. Um, sorry, I'm kind of rambling here. It just, it did get me back into this mind space of like, everything you write doesn't have to be gold. And like, reading other people's work, you can start to have appreciation for like, Oh, this is really good. Or like the nuances of what good is like, this is a really good idea, but like, um, and learning how to take feedback too is so important. Again, like I was so, I still am, but I was just like, what do you, so what do you mean? You didn't, that's not funny. Like that, like you didn't like think I was amazing. What? Right. And it was, yeah. And it's always, my dad is a theater professor and he, he and I talk about this a lot, but it's always hard to not be like the A student. No, writing is, is like anything else, like running a marathon, though 
I have said this before. I will never know. Um, you just ha- it's there's a training. Me it's either, like, it's, <laughs> I know I'm so you know I wanted to talk about the marathon a little bit. So we the, can talk. The marathon is my favorite day of the year. Oh my heart is is it not the most? It is it's the best. What day. is it? It's just it's New like, York. It's like amazing. It's like human and here's the thing is like, you know, New York is obviously like getting like fully back on its feet. Last time I went, um, when I moved out of my apartment to like get all my stuff, it was like in peak peak, like summer New York when like, it's, it's quiet, but like everyone, like all New Yorkers are out on the street, like eating and ugh, it was, it was like at the end of the summer, ugh, it was just perfect. And I was just like, Oh my God. Yeah. But like, I, I feel like um, and my sort of like joke about New York, it's pro- not original at all. It's like, there's a few days a year where that city tricks you into living there through like yes. the shitty parts. And, and I think the marathon is one of those. Cause it is just like, and like, I think the city needs it right now. It's like humanity comes together and cheers and it's so emotional. I cry the whole time. Oh, I know. It's just so happy. I w- I've always wanted to run it just because. I want to experience it from that side. I don't want to run like no way, but I, I love, um, I, I much rather watch now, but like, oh my gosh, the, ma- the marathon is so, it is like the, I, it's the best day of the year. It's like Christmas to me. It is like, yeah. it's so, it's always the first Sunday in November. Um, and it's like, you can wear your little like fall coat. It's like a nice little chill. Yeah. Um, I know and everyone I feel like people have their own like routines too, like their marathon routines like I always like get a bagel from here yes. and I wait on this corner yep. and then I go up to that stop and like yeah oh I we used to live on the route on the route whatever you say and we were on we were at mile six in Gowanus for a while oh that's so cool and I would always laugh so I have a friend Morgan who runs like six marathons a year she's a crazy person she's you know I always say like if you played sports in high school, you were like meant for marathon running because you already kind of right. like as long as you don't stop running like you like I never played sports. I was a theater kid. So it's like yeah. you, I can't just like start running tomorrow. But no, I, I you know, you you have this app and you can track everybody and I would make signs and like I would have everybody come over for brunch and then we would kind of like go up and down the st- like, you know, from 11th Street and and 4th Avenue and then we'd go back to my apartment and then we'd come back up and find people. And the funniest part was like a few years ago, I was always doing mile six. And at mile six, everyone looks amazing. People are running by you and they're like, yeah, like six, oh, I'm yeah. feeling good. Like I would always see Morgan and give her a hug. I'd see my other friends. We'd wave. And one year, it had to be 2017 or 2016. I was like, I'm going to take the train up and go to Central Park and watch them come around that curve oh, onto wow. Central Park South for mile 24. Five. Like, I think it's like the last stretch. Okay. Oh, yeah. Cause they end in the park. Cause right? they end in the park. Yeah. So at, at the time when they come around that circle on Fifth Avenue, no, not Fifth Avenue. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like by the plaza. Yeah, um, yeah. What is that? It is whatever. It's 57th it, Street. It's 57th Street. Yeah. And like by the Apple store in the plaza. So, like, yeah. you know, <laughs> all I have in my head for the last billion years is mile six and everyone's happy. The color is still in everyone's faces. The light is still in everyone's eyes. I go up to mile 25. And up until then, I'm like, I'm going to run. Like, what, I can do this. Like, I'm just going to train. Like, I can do, like, who can't? I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. Yeah. Mile 25 is. <laughs> <laughs> is is an ad for never running a marathon people are are 
ghost white. People are like hobbling. People are crying. People are vomiting. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I don't want to do this. I'm like, I'm fine cheering. I feel fine cheering. My biggest concern when I found out that I got in was the shitting my pants thing. And I got very invested in like <laughs> like Reddit Reddit threads about pooping in your pants while Fair. running and like what's eaten. <laughs> this was when I was only like up to five miles in my training. And I and then I had been training like in San Francisco the when I found out because I found out like at the end of February or something, like right before it you yeah, know the shit everything the sort of before mm-hmm. the world changed. Mm-hmm. Literally shit hit the fan. Shit hit the and fan. then um Oh God, I had so many poop jokes and puns when I started running. And I was like, you are divorced. You're divorced as our friend. Um, And so I found out. And so I was running in San Francisco and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to come back to the East coast. And everyone's just going to eat my dust because I've been, I've been training on Hills and like all this stuff. And then I swallowed the East coast summer humidity. And I was truly like, oh, I can't walk. Like I was like, how? I suddenly stopped being able to run. I mean, it was brutal. And yeah. I was just like, I have a lot more problems than just pooping my pants. And- <laughs> if I shit my pants and that's the only thing that happens to me, I'm doing yeah. good. I know. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, a. I, I think I got like deferred to, um, 2020, like a few, I, yeah, I, I haven't found out yet when I get bumped. Um, but I'm, I am scared again for myself, but it I sounds, uh, I'm going to, I, you know, my, all my plans were get on a plane on November 2nd or whenever I was going to come home. I was going to come home from LA to watch the marathon. That's how much Aww. I love it. And I'm very sad it's not happening, but I'm also kind of happy. I don't have to watch it from afar and be like really yeah. sad. So <laughs> no FOMO, Um, no FOMO. No, the shitting your pants thing is super real. And I say that as like a, a, former soul cycle devotee that again by 25 30 minutes into it I'm like I like your body's like yeah. awake it's like moving everything around you're like okay gotta go um right. <laughs> like had the coffee yeah right exactly I've known about what your product is going to be for a while and uh beyond like just wanting to have you on the show in general once you told me what you wanted to bring I was like fuck yeah um okay like you. just go into it what did you bring I'm gonna <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna we're FaceTiming we are anyone, uh who doesn't have the um the luck of seeing what I look like today I'm gonna hold it up but I like a show and tell I brought my pet egg um easy curve and I'm really excited about this today I want to tell you why first of all this is not my first pet egg this is like this is probably my third pet egg um and I treated myself to this sort of special edition one it's like sort of a creamy whitish ivory color, I want to say with gold. Um, so this is my fancy pet egg. It's beautiful. Thank you. Um, I treated myself to it because I, I didn't know what the light, you know, I've not looked into like what the lifespan is on a pet egg and they do give you um, replacement like um, files. What are they? I don't know, like the buffer thing on the other side, but it just felt like it was time. Mm-hmm. Um I love my pet egg so much that I will talk about it to anyone who is listening. I, my love of the pet egg began when I, <laughs> I saw a commercial for it. I used to, um, let me really give you the backstory. Yeah, no one please, asked for. please. I'm asking. I have divorced parents. My mom lives in San Francisco and my dad lives in New Jersey. 
And I would spend every summer with my dad in New Jersey, where I had a television in my bed, which was a luxury I did not have in San Francisco. I didn't even have, we didn't even have cable at our house in San Francisco. At my dad's, I had, I had like HBO in my bedroom. And so in the summers, I would basically just stay up until like 3 or 4 a.m. like watching TV. I just love TV. And I would just consume so much TV. And during, you know, the later the TV gets, the weirder and more sort of like home shopping networky the commercials become. And so the petted commercial used to always come on. I was just obsessed with like how gross it was to dump this that they showed you. Like you will literally throw up like the skin pile in the trash. And I was like, I need that thing. And so every year, as was me and my dad's ritual, when the August would sort of come to a close, we would go to Bed Bath and Beyond. And Bed Bath and Beyond has to be one of my favorite all-time stores. And one of my favorite parts of Bed Bath and Beyond is the um as seen on TV section. And there, lo and behold, was a headache. And so I bought it. I've never looked back since. I am I have naturally like callousy feet. I would say that I probably have the ugliest feet in the world. Um <laughs> <laughs> and uh so I've always been like really devout to like making sure at the very least like if I'm gonna have ugly feet like at least they're gonna be well kind of like yeah hygiene they're gonna be high working with what you got yeah working with what I got so like I always have a toe polish on like they can never be clear I could have never worked at Abercrombie for that reason right. and many others just <laughs> including my <laughs> um my general appearance, but, um, they, so my feet at the very least have to be smooth, like a baby's bottom if they're not going to be pretty. Cause I, you know, the bunions just, I grew, I spent my whole life with other people being like, what's wrong with your foot. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so I feel like at least I can be like, but have you touched it? Yeah. Right. No, just close your eyes and feel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, I have gotten people pet eggs as, um, presence and I feel like I always have to send a disclaimer I'm always like this isn't like I'm not saying anything about your feet yeah I'm just saying like, like everyone needs one I think everyone needs mm. a pet egg and so I don't know I'm here I I I, I love this um as a also obsessed with as the as seen on tv portion of any store oh. um CVS Walgreens you name it they oh. all have one um now where do you where so pet egg let me see if I get this right because I don't have one. Um, I'm gonna I, send you one. I also please. I also have very calloused feet, but I also like. <laughs> it's so weird. I'm right. It's not a point of pride. <laughs> My calloused feet are not a point of pride, <laughs> but it. But it also like I, I feel like you know. Um, hi. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know why, but I feel like there's something about it. Oh, you know what? When I was breaking in a pair of Birkenstocks one year and I got mm. a man like I got a pedicure and then, you know, they like just they just your feet too are smooth. too smooth. And then I was like in pain. And I was like, oh, the calluses mm -hmm. like help sort of their pain maintenance. But so with a pet egg, like do you so you scrape it against can you like explain the mechanics? I would love to. I also <laughs> I also just want to say that I have thought about that. Let me just rewind to what you were just saying about the Birkenstocks. First of all, you do have to be thoughtful about, about when you pet egg your okay. feet. And um, for me, like a, 
appear foot appearance in summer sandals takes press press takes it takes priority over um, comfort again because of people pointing to my feet and asking what's wrong with your feet in sandal season. <laughs> um, I just for any uh, prized listener, I just want to paint a picture of my left foot's bunion is so like pronounced and always has been that I have something in all of my sneakers that I call bunion window where my bunion literally creates a hole in any, in all of my sneakers. And, um, this is the yeah. funniest thing I've ever heard in my life that so wow, it's just a, you're crossed to bear. Yeah. So it, so it, we have bunion windows in all my shoes that <laughs> I don't make my bunion creates it for itself, like a little mole burrowing to see the light. And <laughs> Which is another good visual for what my bunions look like. I love it. And I have one on the right foot too, but the left foot's the trouble foot, the tricky, the trickster foot. Trickster foot. Um, okay, back to your original point. So I, um, uh, I was again with all the kids this summer, and um, my friend, my sister-in-law's best friend or future sister-in-law's best friend came over, um, and her kids came and they were sort of like this socially distant outdoor picnic situation. All the kids are running around barefoot and they have like a long gravel driveway. And I was like, Oh, like put your, like we should put their shoes on if they're going to go on the driveway. And she said, Oh no, they have summer feet. And it was like a point of pride that they had these like calloused summer feet. And I was just like, Oh man, I felt like a little wuss. Like I was like, damn it. That's cool. Like I want summer feet. Like I just want to be able to like run, run around on the grass and not be like, ow, like, yeah. Um, but that's sort of the trade-off I've made. That's my long story. I feel you. You asked me about the mechanics. Please. I'm going to just keep. So I don't need to see this. the foot shavings. I hope, but. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you can, I mean, I'm not, I I'm, didn't... Not, I'm not easily grossed out. I'm not. So I didn't bring them to show and tell. They will make you gag. I didn't bring them. The, I didn't bring the shavings with me, but. Please so don't turn all... off this episode if you're at home being like, what the fuck you guys? Like this took a real <laughs> turn really quickly being like, no, please don't show me your shavings. Yeah, no, no. Got it. <laughs> I'm going to. <laughs> this is the last episode you will ever do because. <laughs> They're going to cancel me after this. Okay. So it's. I, I know it's a two part. I know it's a two part. Um, machines. I love your like so rose want- gold pedig. It's like so chic. It's really chic. So first of all, the pedig is ergonomically designed to fit in the palm of your hand like a like an old school PC mouse. Yeah, it's very comfortable. Um, I'm left handed, so it's ambidextrous. It's great for either handedness. Um, <laughs> so it comes as like a little. It is an egg, and so what you do is you open the egg, and on side one is um, the blades and it will show you in the pet egg commercial that you can rub it against a balloon and not pop the balloon mm-hmm. I so it's safe I still don't recommend going the wrong way against the <laughs> I was scared okay yep I know I know I know I put my we're unpacking and I put my hand the raw into um um like a a dop kit and got a you know razor co- I don't know. Okay. it makes me gag too i'm sorry i'm sorry for everyone no 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 I'm, no this, because have, i'm not we have to go deep we you know we have to we have to have those, these uncomfortable conversations we do and i'm not a doc i'm not a doctor pimple popper person but like me too but i could be with this thing so mm-hmm. okay so you take the blade and then you um uh you go up and down on your callus and i um 
as a as a horse girl there's something called a curry comb and so for any horse girls listening a curry comb is a comb that loosens all the dirt on a horse and you go in like a circular motion and it's you curry comb before you brush and you flick the dirt off so i i sort of like up and down seesaw which you're probably not supposed to do on my toe callus and then i really just curry comb the heel gentle little circles sort of like um what's that painter's name um I mean, happy little clouds. You're with them. Bob Ross. Bob Ross. I was going to say, you're you're the one marrying the artist, but then I knew who you were talking about. So I'm. (laughs) Oh, yes. Sometimes I equate my petting strokes to that of Matisse's (laughs) impression. Have you ever seen Jackson Pollock? Well, um, okay. And, and it all, how often are you doing it? Um, this is just, you really are going to lose followers. I do it <laughs> when there's enough to really get something off. Mm, so love it. you have, you have to know your own body and it's sort of like finding your own, um, like eyebrow wa- waxing or plucking schedule. Yes. You know, to each, to each their own. I do tend to keep a closer watch on my calluses. Okay. Um, but it's, and I don't, the worst thing for me is like worse in the world than a callus is a scratchy. And, you know, like if like your foot like catches like a, you know, like a snag yep. in fabric, like I, that feeling is like sends me through the roof. So sometimes it's just little maintenance. Sometimes it's just like little maintenance. But so that's the important part is that after you scrub the dead skin off of your, um, foot flesh, what you do is you, um, you then put the egg back together. And on the other side is like a, I don't know what you call it, like a pumice stone or like a yeah. file. Yeah. And then you got, and then you buff and buff. you just buff, 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 buff until it is baby smooth. And you could buff until the cows come home and I they won't that. because you're using your pet egg and it's gross. <laughs> the cows and are staying away. The cows are like, fuck off. <laughs> and then your treat is not only a soft foot, but it is the joy of opening carefully and always, <laughs> and always, always over, carefully, always carefully, always over a toilet, never with a fan, a vent, an air conditioner, no wind flow on, <laughs> always over the toilet. Cause it should never be anyone else's problem is you open, you take the, you pop the blade off mm-hmm. and then you just dump your, sh- the shavings into the, into the, <laughs> No, I love it. I love it. I love it. And you just really sort of admire what it is to be a human being. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Okay, we're back. So a few things that I'm hearing is that you definitely do this more than you should. Like you yeah. definitely are doing more than the recommended. I did rub rub my back heel raw this I, summer. I was, was going to say, I feel like maybe your foot is just a bone. Like you rubbed was, the entire foot off. <laughs> it was brutal. It was, I had a bad, I did not have a good, lucky I didn't have to walk anywhere, but I really rubbed, rubbed it raw this summer. 
So gross. Such it, a gross sentence. Have you done baby foot? Have you tried baby foot? No. And I want to. Okay. And I have pitched myself doing like a baby foot story so many times and then canceled it because, <laughs> because I don't, I, I like instant gratification. Yes. And baby foot feels like a long drawn out process. So that is correct. Um, in a, so I feel like because I've never tried a pet egg, I can't compare, but I have done baby foot a few times. And if you guys haven't tried baby foot, it is essentially like the same thing as a pet egg, but it takes a few days and it's depending on what you think is gross, um, more or less gross. That doesn't really help anyone, but basically it's just like, (laughs) it's this little like kind of boot like a like a face mask sort of material but it's like a boot you put it on your foot um you sit there for 20 minutes and it's like wearing like a wet a wet squishy sock yeah I mean it it, it has it's very spa-esque so like I can totally imagine myself sitting you know in the pedicure chair with it on the problem with doing it at home is that like where am I sitting where I can like like where am I putting my feet up with this like wet lotion sock like you know what I mean like I'm either having to like do a full like Lysol of the coffee table afterwards it's just there's a lot going on um you take it off you rinse your feet and then nothing happens for four days and then four days later it's so sick your skin starts shedding like a snake like full sheets of skin start peeling off and I love it because I'm disgusting so I'm it's like for it's like for the sunburn peelers or the people who used to do the, the glue thing on your palms yes. remember that oh, like, oh my gosh that, and that's me it's like right you paint rubber cement onto your palms you let it dry yeah. and then you do and it's like oh my gosh it comes off in full sheets but it takes four days and I don't know why don't ask me about science but I'm an idiot you know like what's going on in there for four days last is what I want to know right the last time I did it um, was four days D- was not thinking you know sometimes when you can't sleep and you're like I'm just gonna do like a, a beauty thing and you don't like oh, oh yeah I was like I'm gonna do wind up with yeah <laughs> start like get like get it go like so I did a baby foot four days before Thanksgiving and I put oh. it on my feet and just didn't think about it and then ne- and then forgot I did it because I was like in a 2 a.m like haze Right. On, you had a deadline. I had it. Right. I was I was cleaning my oven and doing my baby foot. Um, and, on, and I forgot I did it. And on Thanksgiving, first of all, when you forget you did it and then all of a sudden you wake up and your <laughs> your foot skin is peeling off. You think you're dying. You're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then you remember I did baby foot. But it was Thanksgiving Day and I go to my in-laws on Thanksgiving. Oh, God. Oh, God. And it's a very comfortable Thanksgiving where it's like, you know, after dinner, everyone puts their pajamas on. We go watch a movie. And I was like, oh. Like I'm shedding, like, and I'm not in my own house. Like this is gross. So I had to get the. I bought these. Like I had to stop at like CVS and run in and buy those. Like very, um, like those fleecy, you know, <laughs> yeah, like I socks. Know. Exactly what you're talking. <laughs> and about. essentially, like rubber banded them to my feet and was like, oh. you cannot leave. It was so <laughs> funny. So you have to time it out correctly. But it is similar to the sensation, I assume, of seeing you know, the fruits of your pet egg labor where it's like, oh yeah. Like all this dead skin is just like sloughing off your feet and it's amazing. And your feet really do feel and look like baby skin after it really does work. It's wild. It's it's very therapeutic because it's like, it's like you, it's, you know, you're, you are, you're shedding the dead skin. You're, you know, it's a metaphor. 
It's a metaphor. <laughs> You're becoming a new. You're a new woman or man. Anyone can do it. Um, I know. Or gender non-binary. Anyone can do it. It's for everybody. The, the baby foot has one that is 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 sort of like specifically masculine geared. I'm sure. And it's like, you know, like red packaging. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm whatever. Sure. I don't even remember. Yeah. But, I'm sure. Um, right. Yeah. And the pink tax is on. I mean, you have the you have the rose gold pet egg. I assume that's it for did, women. It did work on me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, and what, el- what else from the, um, the as seen on TV aisle are you like mm-hmm. very into? Have you tried? I bought one of those like fa- facial hair <gasps> vibrating trimmers. Yes. Um, and, I actually just threw it out because sort of same thing. I, well, I've had it for way too long. I like never really figured out how to like clean or safely replace the blades. Yep. And like, I don't know. Do you do the hair? Do you do the dermaplaming thing? Uh-huh. Now I'm just like, sh- okay, can we talk about, yes, I want to, I want to, I want to buy one of those things, the like little razors that everyone has. But I, I mean, my friend, um, same girl who I like tried to, uh, figure out if you guys went to school together mm-hmm. or know her. Um, she one time told me that I had like, she used to call it ha- my hamster fuzz. Mm, and we all have that, I'm, right? Yeah. And I think mine's more pronounced. I'm fine. I am fine with it from like an aesthetic standpoint, but I like, and I do think it feels very soft, but I like how my skin looks. Cause I used to have acne. And so I have like little scarring and I just somehow feel like it, like I'm more smooth, with a shaved face, but, yeah. but it like, it's always like a wackadoodle hair. I don't know. Tell me what you're doing. Well, I, mean, I can't like, wax. Oh, well, I'm not, I don't wax anymore. Cause I think it's a scam. Cause like I used to get my eyebrows waxed all the time. And now, you know, cause when everyone was, when like everyone was right. like, I have to have like the tiny, just like one hair. Like at, be- at benefit. Yeah. It, right. At the brow bar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was expensive. And I was also like, I have a great, <laughs> I'll toot my own horror. I have a great brow line and I'm, I'm, do. I'm like, thank you. And I just like, if I don't touch it, it does a lot of good for me. So like every couple of months I will like pluck the errant hairs that are like way off the path. And, you know, I think we're all still scarred from 2007 when we had like little spermies above our face, like tiny little thin spermies. And I'm one of the lucky ones. My eyebrows grew back and some people didn't get that. And I've since learned how to do, you know, fill in my brows and do all that fun stuff. Um, we've come far. We've come so far. Um, and I will say, like today's teenagers don't know what it's like to be ugly. Sorry, like they have they, don't. they have too many tutorials. They all have phones. <laughs> they all have access. Like, please, like, I, like my prom picture is say it all. Um, I thought I was so hot, and I was not. Oh yeah. Um, shaving the face is funny because it's like it's so. It I, I've really come to. Uh, be very uh, like open about it and like I don't care anymore I think like in the beginning when I first it, it's like a very hidden thing and I've had this conversation with so many women I feel like over the last six months because people weren't able to go like get their lip waxed or like go like you know like, right right and 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 no one really wants to put like a nair strip on their face sorry and I've always been like, you know, if you kind of put, if you make it in your routine, it becomes kind of normal. Like I feel like society 
like it's one of those things that people have convinced us like oh that's like for men like men shave right. their face and like that's disgusting if women do it and right. it's like well first of all body hair is like not gross and like that that needs to be normalized but another thing that needs to be normalized is like if you don't want hair on a part of your body and you have found a way to get it off of your body that you are comfortable with yeah. like just fucking do it like who cares um and hair or not hair, just just do what you want like there's no like right way like a rate like dermaplaning is funny because it's like a fancy like yeah cis woman kind of way to say like it's a razor razor to your face and so if you haven't seen a dermaplaner it's like a you know like a long kind of like it like Bic makes them and they're like tiny it little looks razor. like a a big like a like a 90s like bikini trimmer to me or yes. something. Yes. Yeah, there's it's just kind of like the tiniest comb razor on the edge of a stick and you just like bloop 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 like take the hair off of your face. You can also just use a fucking razor. My only thing is then do you feel coarse? Like after? do do you have a stubble? Cuz I did find that with my as seen on TV. And I know that that's bullshit that like hair grows back thicker again. It's just about like the the like width of the hair when it's first growing but yeah did you feel like you know like the there's a no so the, the my entire face reacts super well to dermaplaning in except this one tiny spot that I'm pointing to on my chin where mm -hmm. there is like a protruding like forever stubble that like every day I just have to be like <laughs> okay um, it's a daily thing and if I can like if I can stay away from humans long enough to like let it get to a point where I can just like tweeze it out this is so disgusting I'm like talking a, a chin hair but like other than that no um no coarseness like I have five like coarse hairs like three on my face and on the rest two on my neck the neck the and neck I know hair. I know, I know where to look, right. but they're not always there. And right. then one day they are. And then one day you are in a TJ Maxx and the lighting is like shining yeah. its godliness on your, you're like, oh, like I have a full beard that I didn't right. know about. Yeah. I didn't feel like it came back coarse or stubbly or whatever. Um, but, but again, it's a thing like you, you wouldn't not moisturize every day. You wouldn't right. not brush your teeth every day. It kind you do have to sort of build, you don't want to wait till the point where you have, and that was always the thing about waxing that was like so weird to me. It's like, so I have to wait till I have like a full mustache again. And then I go like, get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you could, you had to wait for it to be a certain length for the waxing to take hold. Right. I, yeah. That was all. That's just, again, that's like the instant gratification thing. Right. It's just like, if you want, if you, and I think that's, what's been very liberating, like just being like, do you remember? I mean, I used to fear people seeing when I missed a spot shaving on my leg. Yes. And, and now I just, if now I just like, if I don't shave, I don't, it's just like it, like, we're so lucky that in like other people have paved the way again in our society. We're like, it's just not a thing anymore. And maybe matter. that's very like, Oh, it just, it's like, so it's just like such a relief and like, same thing with like facial hair, eyebrows, all that. Like, I think of it's more of just like a, Oh, like for me, it's like a pick me up, like a, Oh, like I always feel a little bit more like I look how I prefer to look once I'm all like, like waxed, like a baby seal. Mm -hmm. But, um, I don't even remember where I was going with this, but I will say that I love the sensation of getting my eyebrows waxed. And that is like, like, I love 
the heat and that so that's like one thing I like wow. miss and like well like I love like the heat like the hot wax like Ricky Martin music video and like <laughs> well to be fair I, I love- don't dermaplane my eyebrows and I I wouldn't recommend it yeah, that's because that that can take you into sperm territory really fast. Again. Well, right. I mean, and, we, and so, but you're but you're not going to replace waxing your eyebrows, right? Like, you're not telling. No, me. and I. Okay, good. No, 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 no. I'm just sort of saying, like, I'm all for I'm all for like hair there or not removing yeah. it or not. But like, I love the feeling of a, like an eyebrow wax, and that's like one thing. In like, in if we're from from footscaping to hairscaping, yeah, or, that's what you want. First time I got a Brazilian was in 2010, and it was also the last time. And no joke, <laughs> I walked away with half a Brazilian. <laughs> That's happened to me before. Did not at finish benefit. at benefit. I didn't know benefit yes. even did Brazilians. Oh, I went yeah. to Euro Euro. You know, unique, unique. Oh, unique. Unique. Whatever that. That whatever oh, that the was. Source of so many screams for me. Like, and I and I'm not. It wasn't even like a bot. I wasn't embarrassed. Like. I mean, my hygiene's good or whatever. I just was like, I was dating a new guy and I was like, oh, I'm going to try something. And like, yeah. I did try something. It was half Brazilian. <laughs> it you, was, start, you could start a trend. I, was, I mean, she was like, well, I mean, you already paid for it. I'm like, I don't care. I was like, I'm leaving. It hurts so I, much. It is the worst. It is pro- It is just, it's, it, it's a horrible feeling. I got, I got lasered. And oh, do you recommend I that for it. the vag? Here's why. Because me and my thick hair follicles, <laughs> I, again, I'm very pro hair, but I am someone who likes to not have it. Yeah, and for me, personal choice, when I shave it, it's too thick. And I would get like horrible, like basically inner thigh rash, not chub rub. Like this was like hair specific, like ingrowns. Like it was just painful Mm -hmm. and so I finally like and I also get like my leg gets like five o'clock shadow and so I finally just started getting laser and I I like paid for it by doing like I got like a Groupon and then I did like half on my credit card half on cat or like like, how much does it cost well I did it at euro or I did it at like not Unike, but like it, the European Wax set, yeah, yeah, yeah. Center. Okay, that's I think that's where I first got it done because okay. they had a Groupon and they like let me split it up into like cash, debit, and <laughs> taking out like a like, student loan. Yeah, yeah, and like yeah, like literally like <laughs> mortgaged my apartment and like <laughs> <laughs> or refinance whatever. Um, yeah, like they let me pay for it in, like a very sketchy like payment plan manner. It's like before a firm. Um, sure, it was. I don't remember, but it was probably like, oh, hold on. Um, my loving boyfriend is checking in to see if I took my um, anxiety pills this morning with love breakfast. That. I love but having that. a hard time remembering taking them, which is not fun. I overtake. So that's good that you have. What happens? Um, anxiety. Well, like Xan, like if you overtake Xanax. Yeah. No, like, like you're like a daily, like a, like a search, like a Zoloft. Nothing, yeah. nothing, nothing really happens. It's just like you have like the consistency of it's, it's mostly like dosage and time of day. Like you really do want to be taking one pill every 24 hours or however many right. doses you take. Nothing changes, but like, uh, I do, I do the double dose with, um, riddle my Ritalin sometimes, which like, I'm like, oh. Oh, oh, <laughs> what's happening? Why? why? Like, have like the reverse effect. Oh, the reverse effect. One time I thought I was taking my, uh, my, um, 
Zoloft and I took a Ritalin and it was like 10 o'clock at night and I was like what is what? like totally tweaking out um whoa it was a lot I did get some writing done that night and I did clean my room so it's there totally you go. Fine. anyway did you take them are you good I did take them I put them in a place to remember um and I had pie for breakfast so it was like a incredible little, little special treat I love that um I okay so yeah, you we're so, really covering the game yes we oh, are I, okay so you took I out a few run- loans to get yes I don't I don't remember how much it was but I feel like to get going because mm-hmm. you go you have to go like often when yeah. you first start it was expensive like it was, might have been like two thousand dollars all in I think <laughs> my I, again, mouth like, just dropped so wide that my jaw cracked <laughs> I know but but you don't pay it all at once right it sure was just, it's so stupid. I it's like it's such a stupid amount. And I then think I found it's stupid. If it works, it works. But, but then I so I wrote about it once on Man Repeller. And then in the comments, all of these people were like, go to Sonia at uh what is it, Diamond Touch? It's like Sonia at Diamond Touch or something, and it's her own thing. And it she was life changes. So I switched to her. It was like, and by that point, it was like it was like more personal. I think it's more affordable. And I also didn't have to get it done as often. And so now it's more about maintenance and the maintenance to me now feels like doable. doable. Like it's like a hundred bucks every, like, like every couple of months at this point. I feel like I know exactly where this is. It's sort of near Penn station. Yes. Wait, yes, it is. I'm looking it up right now. Oh, yep. I know exactly where this is. I had a bunch of coworkers go do their do do their laser I, there. Everyone loves her. I know. Wait, I'm actually New York. I think uh, Gabby also went. I think because I told Gabby to go there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Diamond Touch Aesthetics. It's temporarily closed. I should text her. <laughs> Be like, hi, I miss you. Um, I know. Maybe I should do. I mean, I live in LA now. The land of the, like, I can do whatever I want. You know, like, I can just. I know. I can get, like, lipo with a group on i'm sure but it is it is yeah laser seems i would love but do you lay you laser your vagina everything does it hurt it doesn't feel good but it feels better than waxing and the more you you know how they well you don't know because you only got half of one but (laughs) there's some like weird lie going around about brazilians that like the more you do it people are like i don't even feel it anymore like that was never the case for me no with lasering it really does get less painful like the less and less your hair exists in your body i mean i definitely think it's not normal and completely not natural and i have thought about like so i did like legs and full hoo-ha and my armpits and my arms because i have hairy arms and like was like tormented about it in second grade. So it stuck with me. And, um, I, again, I like to look like a seal, but I, um, I do have thoughts sometimes where I'm like, Oh, like, what if I, like, now I feel like I don't have the option to like, you know, grow out. Like what if like full bush comes back and you're like, what and do I, I want to full like bush? It is. And like, yeah. And like it grows back sort of, I mean, this is way too TMI. So I'm actually just, it's not, it's like patchy sure. when it does come back. And yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I think about one thing I think about a lot is like, if I have a daughter and you know, like how they always come in the shower with you, mm-hmm. like, even though you don't want them to, mm-hmm. I don't want to <laughs> like, I don't like, I'm gonna have to have a whole talk with her. Like this isn't like, it, yeah, you know, it does take away your agency to choose whether you like, if you swing the other way one day and you're like, oh, I do want body hair. 
like it wouldn't be an option, I guess. But also like, don't all little girls learn about that that's going to happen to them because they like know that like all the women in the locker room have a bush. And so it's like, if like our whole generation is going to freak out this younger generation of. Well, it's going to be like really porny. I mean, it's going to be like really like, I feel like there, I feel like there's a whole generation of guys our age who all like didn't understand body hair because of like everyone in porn is like because of the 2000s because of the 2000s because of low-rise jeans yeah everyone's pubis is out like yeah like their mom's (laughs) pubis I can't and like there I imagine there's like two people listening still to this episode like and like, they're only listening to like write a hate an angry letter they're like I'm gonna leave a review and like get you kicked off the show no I mean yeah, yeah the 2000s was like really I think a really weird you know because when you think of like 70s it's like a full bush like playboy yeah. like very porny and I feel like right now it's kind of making a comeback in that like people are working really hard to like normalize body hair. Um, and then of course it are coming of age, like in 2002 when we're like hooking up with dudes for the first time, it's like, it's like, there's a lot of expectations there of like, Oh, I thought like, I want every woman to look like a, like truly a wet seal. And if that's what you want as an adult and like, that's what you're choosing for yourself. I think that's like perfectly fine. What sucks is to be 13 or 14 or 15 and already be like oh I'm disgusting like my body is so gross I also know that that wet seal like a where did that come from contempo casuals you know but like that literal wet seal no one wake no one like woke up one day and was like I don't want any it's like that like the fact that I even want that has been drilled into me obviously by like probably by fourth grade but I know you just have to have hope that this younger generation are gonna be like you know, they're, they're better like than our, us. like our kid. They're better than us. And they're not going to, they're not going to care about gonna, their bush. <laughs> not going to be spending their money on it. That's that is, the, yeah. I'll say that that is the worst. Like spending money on that shit is so dumb. That's why I even get angry when I think about the money that I spent. And it's just like, yeah, you know, but then there's also, but then there's also the other side of it. Is that like, Hey, like we, make our like we are you know we're only a few generations out from like women who didn't get to have a credit card unless they were married or you know like their husbands pay for everything and you'd have to get permission so like you know what you want to spend two thousand dollars to like laser your ass like you know what that's feminism that's feminism (laughs) sure um if you don't also feminism right a choice i think right and back to dermaplaning i think if there's a hair on your face like and you don't want it there, I don't think there is a wrong way to get rid of it. But I also don't think there is a there's only a few one and done ways. Like, do you would you laser your face? Is that like an option? No, because I am. And, you know, I have thought about this as a laser points at my mons pubis. <laughs> um, like, what the fuck is that laser doing? And so right, I'm re- dying. Right. And so I really am scared about that going near my face. Is my you'll die a wet seal. He'll die a smooth smooth wet seal. Smooth wet seal. I just like those marketing assholes <laughs> wanted us to in the nineties. Yeah, like the Delia's catalog really turned us. And the I mean Victoria's Secret. Like remember when there was no other place to buy a bra? Or like Victoria's Secret was the height of like 
I know. Sophisticated. I love that you're touching your lip right now. Like, oh, I know. I'm probably very sexual seeming. I'm actually you... just in desperate need of chapstick. No, I was like earlier. I was feeling. I'm like, is that one errant hair back? Um, I got mine other day. I feel right like here. I want to have like a, a talkathon with you where we just like are on the phone for 24 hours and <laughs> yeah. ra- raise money for something. And go through ever like literally everything we've ever spent money on. I do want probably raise money. <laughs> People will probably pay for us to stop talking. Yeah. I would let's try it honestly. I wanted to add that the the um the uh start a Kickstarter just to get me to shut yeah, up. I will if you pay me the amount of money I can make on this podcast, I will stop podcasting. Um <laughs> the infomercial I was obsessed with was the Aerobed and oh. I was an early riser and I would wake up and nothing would be on TV at 6 a.m. except for the infomercials and the in- evangelicals, so I picked and I would mm-hmm, watch mm-hmm. the Aerobed. Remember it was like the two sumo wrestlers like just like <laughs> going nuts. I actually don't Oh, that. YouTube it. It's there. And I was like, Mom, we got to get this air mattress. Like, it's crazy. Like, two sumo wrestlers can be on it. And, like, it doesn't break. My mom was like, what? And I was like, we need the air mattress. And I think I have an aero bed. And I still think of it as, like, I have a... Like, I have an aero bed. And if you were a sumo wrestler, you can come to my house and stand on it. And it will be fine. It will not break. (laughs) You're going to have that aero bed for the rest of your life. Right. A great investment. And I'm going to get the pet egg. I'm going to get a rose gold pet egg and and shave my feet on my aero bed and all will be right in the world. Um, Amelia, I this is great. I'm glad that we got past all of our email issues and we were able to just get it together for this episode. A friendship is born. A friendship is born. Um, thank you so, so much um, for being here. Can you tell everybody where they can follow you, um, where they can read your work? Yes. Um, right now, just follow um, Amelia Diamond on Instagram. The O in the last. It's such an annoying thing to say. <laughs> Amelia Diamond in the last O is a zero because there's someone else out there with Amelia Diamond. So just at <laughs> Amelia Diamond, O is a zero. You don't have to follow me. That sounds brutal. I will um, put it in the show notes and we'll put it on Instagram and we'll make it yeah. easy for you. And I'm working. My website is forever under construction. So at some point it'll probably just be like, I don't know. I'll, I'll put it in my Instagram once it goes live. Love this for you. Um, and you guys all know you can follow G thanks just bought it pod. And in between episodes, we talk about stuff we didn't get to on the show and everything we talked about on the show, which I'm going to have to go through this episode and like really make a list. We like, <laughs> we like really did it. Um, <laughs> what didn't we talk what about? Didn't we talk about? Um, uh, we'll be in the show notes and on gthanksjustboughtit.com. And yeah, like pl- if you guys are interested in never hearing me speak again, <laughs> I will put a price on that. We'll donate it to charity and Amelia and I will get back on the phone for 24 hours and it'll be amazing. Thank you guys all for listening. Amelia, thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. <laughs> it was so fun. See you guys next week. Bye.